Hello and welcome to this celebration of movie excellence in 2024. I'm Alex Zane and in Countdown to the BAFTAs we speak to the producers behind those films nominated for Best Film at the EE BAFTA Film Awards 2024. This time, Anatomy of a Fall. One day, uh, a woman came and said, I tell my ex-husband, you should see the film and you will understand uh, why I, I leave you. you. <laughs> <laughs> In this wide-ranging interview, we discuss how they got from the creative spark that started it all to the challenges they faced in bringing it to the screen. And a quick warning, we will be talking about the story. So if you haven't yet, go see the movie, come back and get listening. This is Countdown to the BAFTAs. How many times have you been questioned? It's been once here by the policeman and once by the investigative judge. Okay. Can you tell me um, what you told them about the day died? Yes, of course. For the past year, Sandra, a German writer played by Sandra Huller, her husband Samuel and their son Daniel have lived a secluded life in a remote town in the French Alps. Daniel hears you speak a language that has nothing to do with his life. Just because you impose this on him, just like everything else. We're on your turf, all the time. We are in your country. When Samuel is found dead in the snow below their chalet, the police question whether it was suicide or murder. Samuel's death is treated as suspicious, and Sandra becomes the main suspect. Hi. <laughs> I'm Marianne Luciani. I'm the producer of Anatomy of a Fall. Marianne worked with director Justine Trier and writer Arthur Arari on the film. Justine came to see us with two different movies, but she said that I have an idea that I love. It's something in, in, with snow, with a dog, with a mo- woman, maybe with a piano. I don't know. And maybe it's going to be a thriller. So... So we t- we choose this, <laughs> saying like, okay. <laughs> My name is uh, David Thion. I'm also the producer of the Anatomy of a Fall. And it was a bit strange because it was pandemic times. So uh, they live together, you know, and, and they, they work a lot, a lot. And we met a lot of Zoom together, all together. So it was a bit strange to work like this, you know, at the very beginning. Normally, you often see the, the writers, you... You know, you meet, uh, you know, around a coffee and, and have, uh, you know, passionate and long discussions and all, you know, was on Zoom and it was a very special uh, ambiance. But it was quite uh, interesting and challenging, yes. I think this atmosphere, this pandemic, and I think Arthur and Justine together in an apartment, they start to think about couple <laughs> and about how being a couple. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> and and the, the, the idea of the movie come at this mem- moment, I think. Okay, okay for the snow, okay for the woman, okay for the blind child, but the couple start on this apartment uh, with the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really interesting because I, I was going to ask, once the idea began to develop, what's the thing that excited both Justine and you the idea of making a courtroom drama or the idea of making uh, a film dissecting a couple's relationship? Uh, um, the, the court drama uh, is coming after 
the first thing was the couple. Maybe this woman and the, the child, the relation between a, a, a mother and a child. This is the beginning. And after, Justine is a big, big fan of co-drama movie. He's a mm. big fan of uh, cold case. <laughs> she looks everything. She, she's a big fan. And after she said that maybe there is a murder at, at the beginning of the movie. And maybe the movie is uh, beginning to become a co-drama movie. So it was in two steps. First step was uh, the couple, the relation between the child and the mother, and after a murder and a court drama. I think your, your uh, lead actress, uh, Sandra Huller, uh, she also described it as a, a Trojan horse of a movie. Can you explain a bit more about what she means by that? Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> Well, the beginning of the project was it's it's for Sandra Hüller. She worked with her on Sibyl and on the precedent movie, and she mm. was like, "Okay, this woman is incredible. I think this is the most important actress in this moment. I want to write for her." So they built all the movie around her, around her personality, her body, her voice, all around Sandra. But I think for an actress, it's a big gift yeah. <laughs> to be loved like this. And, and, and Sandra was al always asking to, to Justine, tell me how to play the scene, but, but I need to know if she's guilty or not. Uh, so this was always, you know, the, the, the question. And at the very beginning of the relationship on the set, uh, Justine says, I don't want to answer that question. You have to figure out, uh, you know, your own answer. That Sandra <laughs> says, no, for this, you know, this very scene, I really need to know. So, so Justine says, okay, for me, you are 90% not guilty, but there is a doubt. So <laughs> the shadow of a doubt. So play it like this. This is fascinating because I, I think I, I, I read that obviously you, you have this script, but then when you're on set, the relationship between Justine and Sandra they almost put the script to one side and start improvising, coming up with new things. How exciting or how scary is that for you as the producers watching the script just go? <laughs> it was not like this too, because no. the script was very, very present. Yeah, right. But, but the, the way Justine is working is like this. We know her very well. We trust in her. She's very uh, professional. Everybody is is here with her to tell that that's cool, that's not cool, or that's not. <laughs> and after she she shows, huh? she she add the final cuts, but there is improvisation, but not so much. This is the the script is very uh, central. Yes, because this is a very precise script because it's about the core drama. It's very mm. important after because we we uh, reinterpreted. There's a kind of a reinterpretation of all we had seen before. So mm. it must be very precise. Mm. There is a lot of takes, uh, you know, during each day of shooting. And sometimes she do some retakes, uh, especially for the very first scene, because we had long discussions uh, regarding the very first scene and said, hey, Justine, maybe you should retake that because it's not, uh, you know, um, on top. And uh, I, we, we all think that we can do, uh, you know, a better entry in the film, you know, so, so it's, a, it's a, like a work in progress, you know. Mm. But, but uh, regarding the script, uh, the, the film is very, um, 
close to what the, the script was, except for a couple of scenes that have been deleted, uh, you know, during the editing. But it's, uh, uh, you know, and th there were not so many possibilities of changing, you know, uh, everything in the structure of the film. Traditionally, courtroom dramas very much deal in absolutes. When you watch a courtroom drama, there is a moment where someone goes, and here is the evidence, this is the truth. Whereas your film, it's very ambiguous. How exciting is it for you as producers to be working on a film, um, or potentially scary, to be working on a film that cannot be easily categorized? I produce movie for this thing. <laughs> mm. I produce movie in general because I think this movie it's about trust. The core drama it's it's like this thing is is beginning a fiction, a fiction about this couple. I have to accept that we live in your hometown. The people that you grew up with, they look down on me whenever I don't make the effort to smile at them. You don't think me living here counts as meeting you on your turf? You never smile at anyone. Yeah, that's why you love me, right? The funny thing is that the central scene, you know, about the fight, Arthur and Justine, each one has written his own version, his own draft of the scene. And the, the version of Justine was... Uh, Close to Sandra. Yeah, and Arthur says, no, you have to, to give him a chance. And so they were confronting, you know, and it, <laughs> she did uh, probably 10 versions of this scene, you know? I think that's... I'm so pleased you brought up that scene because I wanted to talk about that scene. I think it's one of the most talked about scenes in the film because of its relatability. I think most people watch this scene and they can see aspects of themselves in this couple, in this argument. But this scene, am I right in thinking, this scene was originally not going to be in the film. It was just going to be the recording because the scene starts with the recording in court and it was initially, originally, just going to be the recording. Yes, that's true. And, and then she decided to film the scene and to mm. include it in the shooting uh, schedule. This is this moment between fiction. So for me, the, the, the audio scene is a fiction, fiction, the possibility to interpret everything, to say everything, a, a lot of possibility. About, but the real scene, to see each other fighting, it's more real, I think, for us, for the uh, audit spectator. For the, the, the audience. For the audience, it's more real. It's beginning to be real. Yeah. And she stopped. <laughs> she stopped the scene at the moment of maybe they are fighting, really. Yes. So she stopped. It, it, it's a little bit perverse. Yeah. And it would have been a, a bit boring, you know, if we don't see them and just only hear them. And, and it's, it's a way of um, embodying uh, Samuel. Embodying, in, yes, yes. Embodying, embodying Samuel. And it makes the audience more uh, involved. You know, in the in the scene, <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because it is one of the scenes are in France, but also abroad, uh, that is the most commented uh, of mm. the whole movie. Sometimes uh, people go and see uh, Justine and say, uh, "Hey, I have long discussion with my husband or with my wife after seeing the film, and it took us." like uh, one hour to discuss the scenes and we were not, we were fighting, we were <laughs> arguing about the scenes. And, and one day uh, a woman came and say, I tell my ex-husband, you should see the film and you will understand uh, why I, I leave you. you. <laughs> 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 I, 
So just talk me through what it was like on set, uh, the the atmosphere and watching uh, those performances bringing Justine's script to life of Samuel and Sandra. What was it like in the moment being there? It was very intense because he tried to, to find an emotional state for Samuel. And it take a long time to do this. And Sandra was very in the proposition of a lot of it. She tried a lot of version, very cold, very in love, very... Justine do a lot of takes, a lot of yeah. takes, like... Uh, 20, 25, 25 or, or <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> and, and in a plan sequence, you know, just playing like 20 the, minutes, whole scene, 20 minutes, not stop. So at the end, the actor was very tired and she said, OK, now we can play the scene. And OK, <laughs> so it, it was crazy. It was a crazy journey. There is a, 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 another performance um, as well as Sandra and Samuel um, that I... I really want to talk about, and that's uh, Milo Machado Grenner as Daniel. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, yes. Talk us through the process of finding him, um, because I- I'm right in thinking you saw a lot of actors for that role. That was a big casting. Oh, it was a very, very long process. Nine months uh, in France. In uh, UK, in Belgium, in we, we, we try to find him everywhere because at the beginning, Justine want a real blind child. We don't find him. Find and one day, we, we received this a video by Milo and all of us was like, okay, this is the guy. So Justine just met a first round, uh, meeting with him and a second meeting and we was like, okay, it's a genius. It's is it, different. Is it's not. He's not a child. He's not an adult. Who is it? <laughs> is it an an E.T., you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 something really, you know, uh, strange and uh, and is very uh, original compared with all the children that we have seen before. And he was really, really gifted, you know. He's really good uh, at school. Uh, he learned uh, how to play. Uh, the piano in like a couple of months because he he wasn't playing the piano at all, you know, when we met uh, him. So it was, you know, a really um, very good performance uh, for him uh, learning to play the piano, you know. And it, it was the same for the, um, uh, to play a blind child uh, or a visual impaired uh, child. So it was, uh, you know, quite a challenge uh, for him. So he made a lot of exercise. So he was really um, acting, uh, you know, in a very professional way, uh, but with something very singular, very original. It was crazy because with Sandra too, it was like, can we have another take? I'm not, I'm not so good in this take. Can we, <laughs> can we have again? Like a professional actor. Yeah. I was like, okay, d'accord. <laughs> <laughs> and... When you spoke to him, did you ever find out what motivated him, why he wanted to uh, become an actor? What was his drive? Why he auditioned? We find him because he, he was he was in another film, a little a little part in the the movie of um, uh, it was it was Netflix uh, 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 with, with Danny Boone. He played Danny Boone's uh, son. Just a Netflix right. movie. Yeah, just yeah. a little part. But him and his brother are together actor 
they want together to be and the actors. So it's crazy. And he's very sure about this. He continued to go to school, etc. But he's very sure with his desire. Mm. And it's, it's, it's crazy because it's very mature. Mm. Very, uh, and it's a big cinephile too. Mm. He often goes to cinema, to theater. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. He, he knows a lot of things. Uh, and, and he's always asking questions. He's very curious about everything. The, the first time we met, he was asking, you know, ah, you, you are a producer. What is the producer exactly? How does it work? So he wants to understand everything. You know, it's a, he is a, really a, a bit of a nerd, you know. And, uh, and, and I mean, another scene that is uh, definitely worth mentioning is, is Daniel's testimony in court and watching him perform that scene in the film. That must have been quite a moment to be on set and seeing the way he delivers that. Yeah, he's, he's very sensitive. And it's the same uh, process of working on set than the one described by, my, by Marie-Ange. So it, it was, uh, you know, a lot of... Um, uh, hours of working, you know, so everyone was really tired. He was really tired. Sometimes his emotion, you know, was uh, really at a very high level. So at a certain point, uh, Justine uh, reaches, you know, the moment in which there is something very true, you know, in terms of emotion. And so she, she always tried to reach this moment when you are not playing, you know, something escape from you, you know, you are, you are losing the control of the, of what you are doing. So she, she's always thinking of how to reach that moment. I, I think the particularity of Milo and in, is in this scene in particular, it's that he understands everything of what he plays, everything. I think he is very clever and he understands all the things he said, I think we can feel this, this capacity of, of understanding. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't, because yeah. sometimes child actors, young actors, they're just told, you need to say these words uh, in this scene. We don't need to explain the bigger story to you. Just say this like this. But you think he was actually that engaged with the themes of the film? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he, he, he always uh, be with the question of who is his mother? Who is his father? What is the truth? What always at the beginning of the of the, the shooting, he was in this state of this um, volonté. Uh, the will, this will to to understand, and I think when we shoot this scene, it was at the end of the shooting, and he was ready. He was ready to understand what he is going to do. He want. He said to us that now I had to save, to save my mother, because, mm. <laughs> <laughs> voilà. Yeah, maybe she's. Maybe she is guilty, maybe not, but I want to stay with her. With her, I have to make a choice, and he understands this thing very well. Yeah, and he asks. He always asks a lot of questions, you know, just to prepare himself. And uh, and it's a it's a kind of a strange mix of a very analytic mind and a, a very sensitive person. I, I want to talk about uh, one of uh, the great moments of uh, music uh, in cinema over the past 12 months, uh, the instrumental version of 50 Cent's P-I-M-P uh, <laughs> that plays at the start uh, to dramatic effect. That wasn't the original choice, was it, for, for, for that scene? I know um, 
Uh, David, you mentioned at the start certain things had been cut out, and one of the yeah. things that was planned was related to the original song choice. Tell me about that. It, it was a different choice. <laughs> at the very beginning, uh, Justine wanted um, Jolene by Dolly Parton, but it, it was too uh, expensive, really, you know, it was uh, un unreachable for us. So she was really disappointed and she decided to change, you know, <laughs> totally. And, um, yeah. and one day she says, ah, I think I have a new idea. Uh, this is this uh, version of the 50 Cent song. But we, we needed to, to have the rights before the beginning of the shooting because the, the song was playing during the, sh the, the, the shooting. So, so we had to secure the, the rights, mm -hmm. uh, you know, before the first day. Yeah, I think it's a very, very good idea <laughs> because of the difference between two ambiances. Someone is going to die and, and this music is a contraproposition. It's, it's crazy to have this high deal because, yes, at, at the end, the, the guys die and this music continue and, and mm. at the audience, like, what is happening yeah. between yeah. this drama and this, this music? Yeah, and it's, it's like a circle, you know, the, the music uh, keeps on going uh, and uh, it's, it seems to be never ending, you know, and it's obsessive and it's very loud. So, so it was quite a, a risk to, to, to start with a film having, uh, I, I don't know, t 10 minutes of this, uh, you know, music. Uh, <laughs> You know, we always hear that, and, and, and when the, the child uh, comes back from the walk, uh, the music is still playing, and it's still playing very loud, so it's a bit uh, strange, you know? So I, I think it's, it's really um, an idea of genius. <laughs> yeah, 50 Cent post something on Instagram saying that, okay, <laughs> we'll write a, 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 a shadow now. Our song, it's a shadow now. It's a masterpiece now with Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's put he, he put that on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> As a dog owner my, myself, I, I do want to mention Snoop the dog, the, the the actor that plays Snoop Messi, I believe is the original name of yeah. uh, of the the dog and and that dog was was recognized along with your film at uh, at the Cannes Film Festival, wasn't it? Yeah, he won the the Palme dog. <laughs> <laughs> but he, Justine said that I want a dog. She always uh, had animals in the movie of Justin Trier, always. She said that, I want a dog, but not a dog with a, a, a coach. A company, you know, that, that deals with, you know, different uh, type of animals. So it, yes, it was yeah. only one person uh, and, and she has only one uh, pet. This is very artisanal way of yeah. working. Uh, Laura Martin with the dog, it's very, very uh, particular. And Justine chose this artisanal way of working. And the dog is crazy. It's, it's a big actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and now Neon, the US distributor, they, they, they want him <laughs> to come to, to the United States for the, the award race. <laughs> for the promotion. <laughs> so now they are thinking of how, you know, the formality with customs. And so they are yeah. dealing with that now. <laughs> There is uh, something that happens very often um, with uh, with Hollywood movies, for example, where they send a movie to test screenings with test audiences to to focus group it and get feedback, and then quite often they alter the film based on that process. Is that something that you do? Was that done with Anatomy of a Fall? No, we <laughs> no some some friend of Justine, uh, some filmmaker or, or screenwriter, uh, come in in the editing room 
just for talking with us. But mm. we are the only spectator. We was the only spectator, David and I, of the of the movie. David and I and Arthur Harari, of course. We spent uh, 43 weeks in the editing room. Uh, so we have seen the film so many times, maybe 20 times. Oh, I know more than more, more than, more than more. 20 times. And at the very beginning, the film was three hours long. So. So we were really, uh, you know, involved, involved and, and deeply connected to the film, to every issue. And at a certain point, we, we had the feeling that we, we, we got it. We, we got the final uh, draft of the, uh, the, the editing and we decided to, to show it to our financial partners, the distributor, the French distributor, the sales agent, the broadcasters, and they all were you know totally amazed uh, by the film and it was it was very long because it was uh, two hour and a half and we thought okay that won't be easy uh, because with you know when, when the films are, are very long they are really you know scary about uh, how the audience will react uh, if, for for a two hour and a half um, film uh, and they went out uh, the screening room and they said wow this is great what was the first time you actually watched the film uh, with an audience of strangers, people not involved in the, the production of the film, financing the film, the first time you watched it with an audience, um, what was that experience like? Where were you when that happened, when you first watched it with an audience? But it, it was in Cannes. Really? Was the, it yeah. was the, the premiere in Cannes, and, and it was like, okay, now <laughs> it's the a big, big moment. You know, we choose with Thierry Frémaux to pass on Sunday afternoon, because the film is long and we, we, we were thinking that the audience must be uh, sleep well. Uh, <laughs> not too tired. Not too tired, seen nothing before us. So we was the first film uh, on the Sunday uh, afternoon. And <laughs> it's, this is a, a big plan. And, <laughs> and, and, and it, was, it was crazy because the ovation was like 10 minutes standing ovation. And we was mm -hmm. like, okay. <laughs> Okay, we are not crazy. It's yeah. it's a masterpiece, maybe. <laughs> yeah. and because the film, there, there were not uh, so many pre-sales uh, before the the Cannes Film Festival. So and, and people were beginning to fight to have the film. So uh, mm. it was true in, in the UK, in the US, in Italy, in Germany, uh, in Spain. So Cannes is the beginning. The festival of Cannes was the beginning of everything. When you are in Cannes, in competition, uh, official competition, it's key to double, we say. <laughs> so it was amazing thing, amazing thing for the market, amazing thing for the audience. And at the end, amazing thing to win the Palme d'Or. It was uh, crazy. <laughs> tell me, just tell me how, how that makes you feel as producers of this film. And on a really, on an, an emotional level, you've been on this journey, you've seen the script come together, you've been on set, you've been on this incredible journey. And when you get that standing ovation at, for 10 minutes, when you realise that the film that you've poured your energy into is getting that reception, how do you feel in that moment? It's a, it's a really a strange experience because we, for me, I, I, I never, uh, you know, uh, encountered before such a, a, a deep, uh, a very, um, you know, emotional uh, moment. And, and it was really crazy during the film festival because we had a, a lot of uh, feedback that were excellent, you know, from everywhere, 
because most of the time when you are in Cannes or in Venice or in, 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 in Berlin, you know, it's very focused on the, on the two or three days around the film. Uh, and after that, people are, are mainly talking of the, the film that went up uh, yesterday or the day or the day, you know, after. And, and that's it. And, and with um, Anatomy of the Fall, uh, people keep on talking. The thing is very crazy, I think, because I feel like me as a producer, this adventure, it's like a family life adventure because there is much love, so much love between all of us, not between uh, Justine and, and I and, 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 and David, but between all the team. We was a team very uh, close, very, and all this adventure is like this. This is work, but this is love too. That is a point very particular when you produce movie. It's not always like this, but with Justine, she can do this. She can make family. She can involve everyone in the adventure, and we and we we run. We've, we've, <laughs> and, and, and it's crazy. It's, it's beautiful when you like this because it's we we want and we love to spend time with her. That's not always the <laughs> the, the the true when we, we we produce movie. Sorry, oh, we're nearly out of time. I just have a, a few very quick questions uh, to ask at the end of this interview, and uh, it's been lovely talking to you. So, uh, first of all, what was your favorite day? on the set of this film? So we spent a lot of time on the set, but m maybe it was the day of the fight scene. Every people, all the team, all the, the state of the set was different. Uh, very intense, very special with the, the, the chef operator. The DOP? We the DOP was very uh, in the proposition. It was technically very interesting to, to see this thing and, and to, to see Sandra working because she's, it's incredible to, to just to look at her working, very concentrated. So I was thinking that, okay, we are doing a big thing now. It's a big movie, I think. And, and at the end of the second day, you know, everyone in the crew knew that this uh, very scene would be extraordinary. Yeah. After that, we eat a big raclette uh, <laughs> in the restaurant, <laughs> a lot of cheese and wine. And we were like, OK, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, next question. What's, what's the toughest part of a producer's job? I think in, in general, the, in general, huh, to be producer, it, it, the, the real um, uh, thing is to keep uh, the relation between uh, the the filmmaker and the producer, the good relation to to be connected. This is very hard because there is mm. a lot of difficulty. There is a lot of angoisse, uh, uh, fears, uh, anxiety, fears, and we have to be connected always. We we have to keep the trust between uh, both of us. And in Atomy in particular, maybe it was to... The difficulty, it was not the financial part, it was easy, uh, the financial part. But maybe the preparation was very hard because Justine, at the beginning, said that, okay, this film is very different. Very different. It's very important. It's my most important movie, I think. So don't 
stop me on <laughs> any subject. And any subject. I need all I want. So we was like, okay. <laughs> How much it cost? <laughs> no, it, it was it was very uh, intense. The preparation, very 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 intense. But the, the question of the relationship that you have with the the director is really important because uh, when you face uh, some difficulties, if the the, the director uh, doesn't trust you know the, the producers hundred uh, percent it can be really uh, difficult you know and sometimes there is there are deep uh, you know fightings uh, because of that and and uh, with justine because we had you know the she she trusts us uh, when when we had some difficulties the dialogue was was always going on in a very fluid way so so sometimes we we disagree but but we were you know um, having discussions you know passionate discussions and and we we always find the you know the the right decision to make uh, and um, yeah <laughs> but it was quite intense and very long final question then if this is a, a potential we're going to look ahead to a possible future if you win on the night of the baftas who is the one person you each have to thank who may or may not have been involved in the film but without who you wouldn't be on that stage Oh, Justine Trier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the directors. And, and Arthur Harry. And Arthur Harry. For his, uh, you know, collaboration um, on the scripts. These are the, yeah. But first, Justine, of course. Mm. She's a genius, I <laughs> David, Marianne, thank you for your time. And uh, once again, congratulations on the recognition that Anatomy of a Fall has received. Yes, thank you. a lot. And sorry for the English. <laughs> which is no, that was <laughs> so, so. literally... You, you can I, write subtitle, maybe. <laughs> My thanks to Marianne Luciani and David Tion and to you for listening. Follow the podcast to explore the rest of the nominees and much more in the months to come. Thanks, too, to the producers of this series, Matt Hill and Ollie Peart at Rethink Audio with sound design by Peregrine Pez Andrews. I'm Alex Zane. This was a BAFTA production. I'll see you again as the countdown to the EE BAFTA Film Awards 2024 continues. Continues.